3: With the Alvin and June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know. I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code Manny 20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's Manny 20 at oliveandjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20.
2: Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com.
3: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
4: From the center of the galaxy, this is a four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Escher. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here to review Master and Apprentice. <laughs> the Claudia Gray novel that was much anticipated came out during Star Wars Celebration, thereabouts. I just remember seeing a lot of people sitting on the floor of the convention hall <laughs> reading this book. And, Joseph, there's no secret we love Claudia Gray's
1: work. That is right. Love Claudia Gray's work, and we was so excited for this because it's kind of different for her. Uh, there was the short story that she did in the From a Certain Point of View book that hinted mm. towards her interest in this era, so it was yeah. great news that she was exploring this juicy uh, era. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think
4: that short story got... Man, that's one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars storytelling, and Leia, Lost Stars bloodline. So Leia again, you know, I don't know why I was surprised. Like, oh, she likes uh Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan too. <laughs> like stupid of me because she just gets Star Wars overall so well. And so when we heard this, woo.
1: Yeah. It excited. Was just, yeah, it was it was great that uh Lucasfilm Publishing didn't do any sort of gender boxes of like, mm-hmm. you write ladies and romance for ladies and like young was, adult. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really nice to say like, yes great Star Wars writer period in uh, yeah. this really reaffirmed that. I absolutely. Think. Absolutely. Great point.
4: And we're going to dive on in here and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I, we always start with the overall, the big picture, the overview and I want to start with this spot here, Joseph and and, and follow me here. Uh, we, we love to talk about, well, where does this rank? Where does this rank? And and I've always said oh, my phone is excited. <laughs>
1: the phone's got opinion about it. You
4: know, I have medical assurance the but they call 17 times a day still. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, She <laughs> She's written three other books and this one might be my fourth favorite of those books okay but I want people to understand that still means it's better than uh, almost any story in Star Wars <laughs> and then there's other great authors
1: it's better than Moby Dick uh, yeah that's, I don't want any is better <laughs> than, better than, Moby than Moby Dick. Dick
4: I don't even want anyone to mis uh misinterpret or, or fail to understand what I mean I really love what she wrote in this story uh, before we dive on in. Now, I just wanted to say that as a thesis statement.
1: I understand. I'm my a- thesis statement is uh, uh, similar. I will say, and I think this is yeah. a, the kind of thing that Qui-Gon Jinn might say, this <laughs> is both my least favorite and most favorite Claudia Gray book. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, the, the big picture for me is that I was so looking forward to all of the Qui-Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Pinch of Dooku, <laughs> yeah. uh, and... Because of the way she writes, Mm -hmm. all of the Jedi philosophy, the just day-to-day of what it is to be a Jedi, all of that stuff was so well done, so exciting to me. I read like the first two chapters. Uh, My wife Mm -hmm. was uh, in the apartment. I put the book down, and I was just like, I have to tell you, Mm -hmm. I have been waiting for what is happening to me right now (laughs) for 20 years. I've been wondering about some of these things that she is answering, that Lucasfilm is answering with just day-to-day Jedi. So mm-hmm. I so, so love that stuff that the other parts of the novel, of the kind of mm-hmm. the mystery of what's going on on the planet and the char- the peripheral characters mm-hmm. to tell that story, were like, fine. Yeah. And I feel like if there was a novel that didn't have any Qui-Gon mm-hmm. n- in, in Obi-Wan and it was just the story of uh, Princess... Fanry and and uh, and Rail Avaros, mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh, I'm all into this. But in in contrast to the Jedi stuff, I was so hungry for. Mm-hmm. I was a little like, come on, come on, come on, let's get back to Qui Gon and Obi Wan.
4: Hundred percent. Any kind of big story, big novel that you you read, and there's little subplots and everything. Yeah, that happens a lot, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm connected to this character. I want to get back, get back, get back, get back to that. Yeah, absolutely. The little. I won't call them interludes. It's a, that's a wind dig aftermath thing, but like when it would go before and I knew it was a Dooku thing. I'd yeah. be like, oh, oh boy, everyone out of the room, dogs out of the room. I need to concentrate. And the other stuff was great. Star Wars storytelling, especially in a quote, time of peace. Yeah. Uh, so all that's
1: there. It all works. Great themes, great ideas, uh, big. It was great to have this sort of, uh, the young royalty in mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know, explored more, uh, loved rail Avaros. We'll talk about that. But yeah, that's my big picture yeah. thing of like the parts that I loved. I so wanted to spend time with that it kind of lessened to other parts, which I think were good. There wasn't anything wrong with them. It's yeah. Just my huge excitement for yeah. Jedi time, Je- <laughs> quality Jedi, Jedi, Jedi time. time.
4: Well, so should we explore some of the themes? Where do yeah. you want to go, my yeah, friend? This, yeah, you
1: were so excited. I you put am. down the
4: book. I want you to. Take us where you need to go.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about... I want to talk about the big picture yeah. themes, like the ideas of what the book is about. I feel like the one of the ones that really excited me was the idea of change. Is mm. it possible? Uh, can people <laughs> or the galaxy change, both like character-wise mm-hmm. and in the big picture? B- bigger picture, can governments change? Uh, and can prophecies actually alter destiny? So, like, kind mm-hmm. of all of the different... Like the character level, the big government level, the cosmic level are all sort of wrestling with that idea of are we just stuck on the path that we're on? Mm -hmm. And it kind of starts with Qui-Gon literally going through the process in this book of, hey, I played with the prophecies when I was a kid, kind of fascinated by them. A little little worn down by my complaints with Jedi life in the galaxy. And I just kind of think... When I'm dealing with huts and other crime lords, they're not going to change, you know. (laughs) Right. You know, it's it's a bummer, but they're not going to change. So I'm just going to work around them the way they are. And then kind of coming around back to this bigger idea of the force and going like, well, maybe things can change. Maybe Mm -hmm. people can be different. Maybe fate can be different. Maybe destiny can be different. Uh, And then obviously I think that's echoed in everything that's going on in the political level. Yeah. And even kind of hinting and dabbling at questions of like slavery. Yeah. Can slavery change, or is that
4: you know a- answering a big question that the Phantom Menace kinda of brings up, you know, you know, there's slavery in the galaxy and the Jedi are aware, Qui-Gon's aware, or yeah. they don't do anything. And people have had that question for twenty years, and I thought I absolutely dealt with that.
1: Yeah. The status yeah. quo
4: is there, and there's a the, the play the plane with the Not just prophecy, but like a vision. And does that mean you have to let that happen? And can you change? And and how much you have to let go, like you just said. Uh, Very, very present. It was like Qui-Gon rediscovering an old band he liked in college days.
1: (laughs) It really was just that general sense of, I think, really successful in having Qui-Gon be the absolute main character Mm -hmm. where he does go through a change and it sets him on the path of where we discover him as this very interestingly conflicted guy in phantom menace but it it makes phantom menace just like queen shadow amazing that these two books came out right you know not amazing because they're celebrating the phantom menace but they work together really well of like these are the concerns that the characters really would have.
4: Absolutely. I, I, you know, the Queen Shadow thing, the way they kind of pay this little respect to Qui-Gon and kind of unveil, you know, Qui-Gon knew about Padme, all those things. It's a, it's a great companion piece if you, yeah. if you read them together.
1: Yeah, and in particular, yeah. the slavery thing of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, our characters kind of encounter it and move on because it's not the main point of The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. But I like that the novels are like, yes, but our characters would care deeply
4: which is what you, you and I and Jennifer here at Force Center always love to talk about, you know, that, that these new books and novels and comics can kind of take some of those things that aren't fully explored in the movies we love and really pull them out and, and extrapolate them into these important stories.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah I love that. I love yeah. that. And then even on that level of prophecy, I like that Obi-Wan, uh, I just love Obi-Wan's character, so well written, uh, in terms of showing a character who is, has character traits that are just like, that's him. He's always been like that, Uh, but also is showing like, but he's got some different perspectives because he's quite young.
4: Yeah, 17 Uh, in this book.
1: 17, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I like that he just explicitly states like, I I don't get it. If prophecies just tell us what's going to happen, why would we care because we can't change them? So like he sort of literally says this theme and then Qui-Gon really wrestles with like, oh, well, how do you dance with them? Yeah. Is it by accepting them that you make them come to pass, or can you fight them, And which, which is the better path? Right,
4: right. Some of my, uh, and, and by the way, the way she wrote, uh, she, she obviously great writer. I really enjoyed the Qui-Gon stuff. You, you, you hear this, oh, you could hear the character speak, and you could hear Liam Neeson. No, you really could, down to the beats and syllables.
1: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And I felt that way about Obi-Wan, too. I feel like yeah. the, you know, I could picture Ewan McGregor when he was 17, still very handsome, but maybe a little gangly. (laughs) It is just perfect teenage Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, One of the other big picture ideas Mm -hmm. uh, that I was really interested in was this idea of uh, rigid versus flowing. Right. Because almost all of the characters are wrestling with that on some level. Mm -hmm. Of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are really kind of back and forth of like, who is a little bit more of the rule breaker and who is the absolute rule follower? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get that a little bit with the uh, the two um, gem-smuggling people characters. Yeah, yeah names uh, I wrote down. Uh,
4: Pax uh, and Rahara. Yeah. Rahara Wick, yes. Yeah, Rahara
1: Wick and Pax Murrafer. Merfer. <laughs> Merfer. <laughs> and they fly the Mirlax. Oh, the Mirlax. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds uh, like cat food. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was yeah. just really interesting because it's such a big, to have that as a kind of a, a, a clear theme about is it better to follow the rules or is it better to bend the rules Mm -hmm. and what's the difference between bending the rules and being sort of a a rebel versus, well, it's good to be flowing. That's what a Jedi wants is to be flowing and open. It it just gets to the heart of so much Jedi philosophy of, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be more Mace Windu of like, Nope, that's the way it is. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or do you want to be more Yoda? Just like, I don't know. I'll meditate. I'm not making any decisions. I'm just flowing. Absolutely. And, with
4: Qui-Gon specifically, there's something towards the end uh, of, of the book, uh, we jump around slightly here, talking about the true balance. Yeah. And, you know, we always hear that term, great Jedi, and some of us, they aren't huge fans of it everything, but Qui-Gon's very clear that all of it, uh, I, I, I turn toward it because it is the light, is one of his state. Oh, that
1: great speech. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Not because I'm going to win some great cosmic battle. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, to have
4: Qui-Gon still fighting the council, uh, be invited to the council, but not sure. And, and and he and Yoda's strained relationship. All these wonderful things. It's even part of canon that we can enjoy. Just to know that Qui-Gon, to me, uh, yes, he's wrestling with a lot of things, but he's still going towards the light. I like that as a statement, too. Yeah. Where, yeah, you can have some doubts. You can question some things, but go towards the light, man.
1: Yeah, it's such a beautiful statement. I'm glad you brought up Grey Jedi, because I think, to me, this book is the, my feelings about Grey Jedi in, in great mm-hmm. narrative form the reason I don't like gray Jedi is because I think all Jedi are gray Jedi. Mm. That's the point is that they are, uh, sentient beings, all different species Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the ease of conversation. We'll say they're human. Uh, they're all human. They all have different perspectives and they're all, I love that the Jedi are like, this is the noble path we've set ourselves on and we're all trying and we all kind of know Yes, mm-hmm. we're gonna fail, right? Up right. to a point, because this is this high bar we've uh, set, set for ourselves. Yeah. So that, to me, is like that. One of the beautiful things about this book is that picture of all Jedi. No Jedi are perfect.
4: It it it, it made me. uh What you're saying right? It made me go to and I'm sure it's a talking point we might have a little bit later about this uh, Rel, uh Avaros character. Yeah, uh, it was a great character, Duke, Duke's former apprentice, and you know. It's we get our first real dive into Jedi and sex, yeah, and it is not viewed as like some you've lost your place in the order if it happens. There's no like cut and dry punishment, but just <laughs> we we try to we we try not to do that. And I thought that was a, to finally get into that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, you know. and that goes to the rigid or or flowing. Flowing. He's yeah. like, well, a flowing interpretation of the Jedi code would be don't have attachment. Uh, right. I'm not particularly attached, and neither is this innkeeper I'm sleeping with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're just, uh, you know, being yeah. natural and flowing.
4: Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, you know, maybe jumped to my, to the mind there. Where I when when I first was reading it, when I was like, oh, this Jedi's just Jedi's getting down. It wasn't like Qui well, was like, hand over your badge. <laughs> it was just like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, you know, that like,
1: lead that could lead. To that could, it
4: could yeah. it could it could
1: yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. So yeah. Yeah. and I I one of the things I liked in particular too is. Uh, with this kind of balance of rigid versus flowing Mm -hmm. is when Qui-Gon chooses to act. Yeah. So like, I love that speech of like, I'm not doing, I'm not trying to win some big cosmic war. I'm trying to look at each circumstance and go, what is the right action? Mm -hmm. And I love that he's wrestling with like slavery, but, but there, but there are a lot of dangers of addressing that in a big picture way. But Mm -hmm. my actions personally got Rahara wick sold back into slavery. Right. So I think that in this just living in the moment, going toward the light, I caused that. So I have the responsibility to restore that balance and free her from slavery. Mm-hmm. Like that was a really interesting, just sort of a small version of that kind of big Jedi decision of when is it appropriate to act? Well, Because yeah. if you caused a bad thing to happen, you can fix it, even if it's like technically, you really shouldn't do that.
4: I wonder if, uh, yeah, does that that does that in your mind w- answer any b- of the big questions about Jedi being generals in an army, <clears throat> in a war?
1: It, yeah, I mean, it, it gets to that because mm-hmm. I think it's... I mean, that's a big picture. Yeah, it's a big thing. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot that addresses this. I love the clarity that Jedi should not want power, but that does put them in this position of being kind of subservient to the Republic. So what do they do mm-hmm. when the Republic ask something of them that they don't think is quite right. Well, to say no might mean to try to take more power than is appropriate. Mm-hmm. I've been, I have been—I was talking about it for the Star Wars counseling I did about balance of the force. I'm just kind of where my mind is at about the Jedi, about how much they are perceiving balance is kind of the natural state. So they only want to defend. They don't want to do right. things that are proactive that are going to cause, you know, the balance to be disrupted, okay. to cause more... Chaos and pain, and and I I love thinking about, well, what all did they go through to get to that point where, yep, we feel this is the right thing to do to be the defenders of the Republic, Mm. but by defenders means go to a mid-rim planet and tear it the (laughs) F up with war, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating.
4: Fascinating. Yeah. Qui-Gon, yeah. Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon does to me just kind of become a lot of people say that like he's the I say the prototype Jedi, but he's in a way sometimes to me the most complete. And Yoda is there too. Mace, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan uh, to me like a, becomes a poster child for. Yeah. Here's what I mean. That's part of it. I think what he, what he learns. But at the time, it's just all the little shades of emotions and feels and actions. And yeah, uh, I, I love with, I love Qui-Gon so much.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought another big idea is our prophecies inherently dangerous because there's Mm -hmm. so much of that, like that was great canon, right. To be introduced to like, yep, there used to be Jedi seers and they used to Mm -hmm. write this stuff down and then the Jedi order kind of moved away from that. It's like great to see the Jedi order is like this living, growing, evolving thing. Mm -hmm. But then this idea of like, well, if you focus on them and obsess on them, that's inherently dangerous. How did you feel about that? Idea did that speak to you?
4: I did. I loved the idea that the Jedi used to dance with this uh, <laughs> devil
1: in a way, but
4: and how and how Dooku did too, and Dooku. So it's interesting, uh, you know. And at the time of this recording, uh, we, you and I are, are both going to get the chance to, to finally listen to Dooku Jedi Lost. So I know that's not quite a direct companion piece, but there's, yeah. Kevin Scott said he and Claudia great talk.
1: But there are definitely some moments where we might stick our foots in our mouths because we don't know any right. answers from that book. Absolutely.
4: Um, so I love, um, like, um, the question I have is: Is did the Jedi decide at one point this is too dangerous a drug? Yeah. And is it a sense of control? Uh, is it uh, maesters taking, wanting to bury magic in Game of Thrones world? Is, <laughs> is it that type of thing? Or is it just like, uh, better leave it in a corner? Is it? I, I, I am fascinated by it because uh, we know, we have the, the benefit of knowing some of these prophecies might be true or they happen, but yeah. at the time, they're not around. You know, Qui-Gon's like, it's, it's a secret thing to me that he's going to Dooku and Dooku kind of gets upset with it. Uh, I'm fascinated that uh, that, um, that a, a Duke who's someone who would turn and fall, so to speak, uh, would be so interested in him at one point while other Jedi aren't. Yeah. I don't know if that means he gets more
1: knowledge and that's what they felt was dangerous. I don't know. I, to me, it goes a little bit to that, that separation between Jedi and Sith of Sith seek to control and make everything theirs. And Jedi just want to go along with the flow. And if they're there in the moment mm-hmm. and harm is going to be done to someone, they stand up and protect them. And in a way, it's sort of like pro- prophecies. Are mm. seem sort of like uh, should Jedi take large anxiety pills <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just make them a, not anxiety to help to cause anxiety <laughs> to cause to cause cause it, anxiety? Because they're basically like, okay, try to be peaceful, try mm-hmm. to be calm, try to listen to the Force, try to yeah. just be in the moment, and and be a good steward of where you are now. Yeah, don't do the prophecies aren't don't do any of that they're like sit around and worry about what may or may not happen and most importantly is it good is it bad can i control it it just <laughs> seems like a recipe for disaster if you accept the jedi philosophy as good which you yeah, might not
4: yeah no i i'm just planning my personal life sometimes i feel i need to uh, worry a little more you know uh sometimes i just take uh take life too far back in a rocking chair. Uh, so maybe I need some of your Jedi anxiety pills. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it raises raises these questions of, you know, I, I think, I love, this is weird, in Star Wars, destiny is very big.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, but sometimes the pursuit of that destiny can can be wrong or taken wrong places. And I wonder if there's any thought to the Jedi going, we... We don't want anyone thinking there's some great destiny that they, just take every case by case and we're going to yeah. stay in this balance. If you feel you're the chosen one, uh, you know, maybe you're gonna It's going to cause you to do something that you wouldn't normally do. That's going to have negative effects. And if there's anything related, I keep going back to this control. Not
1: that I'm suddenly yeah.
4: using the Jedi of controlling thoughts within their order. (laughs) Well, they do. But they do.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting that I think by the time we get to the original trilogy, there certainly is this idea of destiny from Obi-Wan and Yoda, and Mm -hmm. I perceive Obi-Wan and Yoda as having learned from some of the uh, mistakes of the Jedi Order Uh by the original trilogy, and they seem to talk to destiny about Luke as not, you have to make this choice, but you have to face this conflict. You have to deal with this. You have to make a choice. You have to take action. Mm -hmm. And that seems like what Qui-Gon ultimately does with the prophecy of, like, my destiny is to accept that this vision, this force vision I've had about the actual plot mechanics uh, of what's going on in Bajal, uh, the planet there, uh, I have to accept that that's my destiny to deal with them. Mm -hmm. But I can't obsess with trying to. Change. Change it. I mean, that, I think that's what I really liked about what was probably most elegant mm-hmm. is it seemed like the way Qui Gon handled his Force visions
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, was the correct way in Jedi Order land mm-hmm. of like I accept that these things are going to play out, and by accepting them, he accidentally made it with all the convoluted thing of Obi Wan mm-hmm. being there with this kind of right. you know, the, the colon, <laughs> like it's <a> complicated plot <laughs> mechanics. But basically, he said. I accept that this is going to happen. I respond to it the way I think I should respond to it. Mm -hmm. And it worked out. Whereas Anakin gets the vision of Padme dying Mm -hmm. and he does everything to stop it. And one could argue he causes it by trying to change it, control it. So this felt like, here's the answer.
4: I 100% agree with you. I, I, especially when you say it that clear. Uh, you, know, you would love to see if Claudia was really working towards that. Because that's... Uh, Qui-Gon keeps having this vision of a bad thing going to happen. And... He it, it does t- it early on seems to me Corbin Vermong tries to control it or it it even yeah. tries to work around it. Eventually comes to the point you're talking about. uh, We got to go through with this, and then you know some of the little details are different. And he didn't see for everything always oh, in motion in the future, right? Right,
1: and certainly like from a certain point of view, like literally the camera angle of my force vision didn't <laughs> did, cover did, that. Did, you know,
4: didn't pan right, pan right. <laughs> dreams, yes, and then part of Anakin's clearly a downfall, the attachment, then becomes the attachment not just to Padme but the attachment to Palpatine. Because you got to keep them alive to make the vid- Yeah. Two different ways to deal with it.
1: Yeah. 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 Control it versus accept it, uh, which doesn't mean not doing anything, right? But accept that it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a, a little detail that I really liked. I liked how many, uh, uh, just sort of thematically, that idea of being born into something in mm-hmm. that almost that kind of uh, sort of rigidity and sort of cosmic control being questionable. 'Cause they talk a lot about what it's like to just be you're you're born force sensitive and you pretty much get sucked up into the Jedi Order. Yes. You are literally born into slavery. Talk about kind of the prison of being born into royalty, that it's a cushy, nice prison in a lot of ways, but it's still a prison. Yeah. So I really like just that sort of thematic idea of that, that's how a lot of these characters connected.
4: The, you're talking about choice specifically, yeah. Qui-Gon addresses it here, uh reading for the book one thirty eight, uh for like a bit <laughs> Bible study. Um Yes, Padawan, Qui Gon it's all those things, but it's very hard for us to determine whether we choose it freely. Being raised as we were, that said, I did have a choice. Duke helped me see that, and I chose the order. But that addresses where you know he was—he was taken young. They're all taken young, so yeah. you might not feel you have a choice. Uh, where Rail uh, Rule uh, Rail, Rail, uh, I think he was taken at five, so he had a little bit more memory of his life. Yeah, um, and he never
1: fit in because of it. Yeah. Never
4: fit in, even the way he talks, as uh, Claudia uh, uh, Gray writes, is a little different. Um, so fascinating, uh, the playing with the choice.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Do, did you feel any any sort of richer connection to that idea of kind of of slavery, royalty, being? the same in any way or did that seem disingenuous
4: no no i think a little bit there fanra is a great character cuz she's being bred again to be a ruler that's yeah. part of evros's mission and and um that's you know not her choice and she makes a choice in the end it's a little different there so yeah uh, yeah i i think there's a connection there yeah and and, and rahara is a, is a great character by the way yeah it just it is a little on the periphery of the story yeah too.
1: well and i also liked it that that's kind of pax's story too that he's raised by protocol droids that was <laughs> so he's sort of um, born into being a, an emotional protocol droid
4: it was so interesting i, I love that choice His character Pax, uh what uh something happens on a ship uh he's abandoned and and uh, 15 years yeah out in space raised by protocol droids.
1: <laughs> it's both like funny and really what claudia gray is so great at those kind of detailed world building moments it, it was feel fresh and new wonderfully sci-fi yeah like it's gonna be a movie raised <laughs> by droids raised by droids yeah. the pax from our far story um the last sort of big theme that i was interested in is a little bit with pax but that vision of what it is to be internal versus external. Mm. So obviously that's a a Jedi thing. How much of their lives are expressed internally versus externally. But I like that really concrete. uh, Claudia Gray is so good at world building that the Bajil culture is that internal lives are more important than external lives. And they express that by having beautiful clothing turned inside out. (laughs) And it's appropriate to only just see that flash of you know elegance and beauty underneath the dark garb, dark, dark garb uh, that was just like so cool, uh, mm. such great uh, world building to yeah. me. I love that very much. Yeah, uh, and it and to me that had a sort of rhythm with learning about Qui Gon's quarters.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. That
1: he, he keeps souvenirs, he a little trinkets. Yeah, uh,
4: and this um, it's a diamond. And learn a little bit about the
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, uh, or, his well, Mustafar fire yeah, diamond yeah, that yeah. he got from a lady, which we, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk, talk about that. But I I think they were in relative proximity in the book mm. when we were learning about Qui Gon's quarters, mm. and I was mm-hmm. in, in the internal versus external philosophy of uh, Pajil. So I was interested in what did you make of Qui Gon keeping physical mementos and decorate like. Decorating his inner space,
4: I I am trying to you know, looking around my my, my <laughs> house, which is
1: nothing but trinkets. Uh,
4: it's 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 interesting because I don't view it as an attachment. I view it view it as a homage and a uh, tribute to moments or things that I love. So it doesn't yeah. mean I am attached to it. And and, and for Qui Gon to be such a quiet stoic character, especially in Phantom Menace, you know, Liam plays him like that. Um, I, I, am interested in, in the fact that, uh, that, uh, uh, he, he would have this and it, internal existence uh and connected to all these things that mean things to him but he can still they're not going to bog down any choice he makes yeah they're not going to bog down any decisions uh and and the bigger picture and that it's quiet it's almost it's picard having wine i don't (laughs) it's like it's this thing of of, it's also going to fuel his his who he is out in front of the world is 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 the he can pay homage, he can dance, again, dance with a bit of a devil, he can pay homage to things that go on in his life, but he's not he's not sticking around, doesn't make sense, sticking around with them he's not holding on to them to the point where it's
1: a problem I I think sometimes with the story of the Jedi, particularly from this era, it can be, you know uh, we we want to be able to relate to them, you Mm -hmm. know, and I would never tell a person, I think it's bad that you have mementos from trips like, I, I don't think that's an inherently bad thing, but for the jedi philosophy it's interesting that he's like i want to ex- have an external physical object yeah. that epitomizes what i went through to me it makes him a human mm-hmm. real character uh but he goes through the journey in this book even of like do i need these
4: yeah it, it, to me i take it a little bit too as, as a learn from the past yeah and not it's not kill the past it's Continue to learn from the past. Yeah, too. put it
1: up on your walls so yeah. you you remember the good, the bad, mm-hmm. the lessons learned, all that. Why you love it? Yeah. Um, anything else for kind of big picture themes? Well, I'm sure we'll talk about more things uh, before we get into just stuff we liked.
4: Yeah, there, oh, there's some stuff we liked uh, that I, I I made some notes on, but I I just uh, I, I the, the big stuff that I like I I took this whole subplot with fanry. Uh, Which is a young queen, yeah. Middle of of political maneuverings, and and the results a little different too. It's a it's an interesting warm up practice, if you will, for (laughs) what they deal with with Padme too. Uh, And I so initially it felt familiar, and then to me it's also a weird testament to who Padme was, of making better decisions and the right decision too, and and those around her. Uh, And I really so I did enjoy that story. Uh, even though, again, I was flipping to get back to do good. All
1: that <laughs> yeah, good no, I, I, I enjoyed the actual time with uh, with Fanry and uh, Rail, uh, mm-hmm. if that is indeed how you say his name. Yeah. Rail Avros He's my first on my list of things that I liked. Let's do let's, do let's it. Let's dive into him. Uh, so my, my note I wrote down about him is gruff, older, sex haver. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great introduction. All true. I know uh, I didn't click through. I saw that Claudia Gray was doing some fan casting. And I, when they, mm. there was a tweet, there was a link to a Tumblr and I didn't click throw, through, yeah. so I don't know who she had fan cast, but in my mind, he was Davos Seaworth, uh, from, oh, from Liam, Game, like, yeah, he, yeah. Liam Cunningham. Liam, Liam yeah. Cunningham. Yeah. Uh, there's just something about his voice being like a little bit more like, uh, a, a little gruff. You know, oh, yeah. a little, you know, uh, lower class, yes. quote
4: unquote. F- from flea bottom, if it were. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah f- from
1: flea bottom of space, yeah. Yes. And just that a little bit more, like, I, I I have lived a little bit of real, real life before I got into this kind of peaceful, monastic existence of the Jedi. So I've just always got a little bit of that, like, Mm-hmm. I'd rather be eating something messy and spicy <laughs> for lack oh. of a, a better way to describe it.
4: The little flashback to him having death sticks in uh, Maz's castle in oh, yes, is, yeah. is a wonderful. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that stuff uh, as a character. Having having grown up in churches, in the church environment, church, church life, I have no regrets of that at all. It, it made me a lot of who I am, but I always connected to those who weren't Bored into it,
1: yeah.
4: Uh, who made the decision to come into it later on, and they've had, got a lot of mistakes in their past or a lot of things, but it's not over their heads or over their shoulders, or it's just part of their existence. Yeah, and they're the ones I could sit down and have a drink and talk about Jesus with, yeah, and not <laughs> and not be chastised for it, you know. And yeah. and he reminded me of that all the way through. Okay, and I don't notice to know how how she. It's played a couple times uh, again, depending on your point of view when you're reading it. Of like, I you know, sometimes it's like, is he. Is he doing it wrong? Or she's are they saying not necessarily Claudia Gray, but is is, is Everos wrong in the way he's doing it? Or is it just is it the better way or is it just a realistic way? Yeah. Of of being a Jedi? Yeah, he's still a Jedi. He is, He's sent away to this mission on this. He's what eight years? I think yeah, he's this long term mission. Yeah. yeah, which was fascinating to me too. But so I, I, I really, really interesting character in a line of complicated Jedi.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I I did like how his story was kind of uh, about attachment without being. You know, we know the story of the danger of attachment from Anakin because yeah. it's. Exactly what the Jedi fear. Mm-hmm. And I liked that his story was like, well, here's the complexity of attachment mm. because, well, a Jedi can't help but get attached to their Padawan, so that's a challenge. Yeah. And he has the the worst fate possible. Mm-hmm. He She dies on his watch, and he kills her, in yeah. fact, out of self-defense, it sounds like. Yeah. Which already was like, wow, I want, I want to know more about that. Like, yep. Wow, you, there's no other way. You had to. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you have that attachment, and then you have him sort of blinded to the truth of who... Fanry could be mm-hmm. because he's so decided. Here's who I think she is, and I'm, I'm so attached to getting her to where I think she wants to go that he's blinded by it, his attachment to her mm-hmm.
4: and kind of a proving uh, a point to himself that he's not going to lose a, another young, uh, a young, a young person yeah. in, in on his watch. Yeah, that it, <laughs> that it sort of happens.
1: Yeah. How did you feel then uh, about about him being a sex haver ultimately? Uh,
4: yeah, I it was. And, I, and, I, and he even says uh, – I'm paraphrasing, but you know, basically says, hey, you know, Jedi's got to get laid. It was one of those very human, real-world terms yeah. that sometimes makes you go, huh, what? Is this okay. Star Wars? So uh, I was slightly distracted by that at first. Um, just, the just the actual term, Just the actual term. It was like, would a Jedi say I got to get, get laid? Uh, I don't know. Um, not that they can't. Uh, in the end of the day, I really do love it because it comes up – we got something buried in Qui-Gon's past. We are going to get. I think would happen afterwards uh, is Duchess Satine there when her and mm-hmm. Obi Wan first meet and spend that year together on the run. Fascinating story. We want to hear more about? Yeah. Um. And I I I'm fascinated with that. Uh, about again, if maybe if they. Maybe it wasn't frowned upon or preached against in the Jedi Order. Maybe it wouldn't be as much of a problem. Maybe you're making it a problem by saying, you know, you can't have that. Yeah. Uh, and it's just might be the natural instinct. And again, talking to not that Avaros at five would know uh, that part of life, yeah. you know, but, but again, being exposed to um, more of the real world as Anakin is. Yeah. Later on, um, is that what the Jedi are trying to guard against and should they guard against that?
1: Yeah. are they fulfilling their own prophecies <laughs> yeah i like that it i like that he does challenge the jedi code that, that which we've brought up before of like mm-hmm. well in, anakin kind of challenges it in attack of the clones of like well yeah it says you know no attachment but just mm-hmm. ha- being close to people caring about people Uh, You know, depending on cultural standards and all that, being physically intimate with people. Mm -hmm. How is that different than uh, Obi-Wan hugging Dex? (laughs) Right. You know, uh, I liked him challenging that and pushing that. And I liked, again, how it made the Jedi Order like, here's this evolving thing of, we have this code, Mm -hmm. it's old, and it's up for grabs Mm
4: -hmm.
1: on interpretation, which goes back to that rigid versus flowing. Like, you can't be locked down to that's the one meaning. Yeah. Um, it also made me really think about the Phantom Menace line of Qui-Gon asking uh, uh, Shmi who the father is.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, because there was a part of me was like, is he going, is this Rails kid? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. There's a known sex haver. I would not think of that. <laughs> it's strong in the Force, who's the, who's the father? Who's the father? What's he look like? Yeah, well, because I mean, people always, because the original trilogy makes such a big deal of mm-hmm. the Force runs strong in my family, I think people always... Uh, took that line in Phantom Menace as having a little bit of inherent confusion to it because if Jedi aren't supposed to have sex, mm-hmm. why is it that Qui-Gon would be so concerned with a uh, the Force being passed through a bloodline? Because in theory, it wouldn't very often if right. 99% of Jedi don't, don't yeah. procreate. Uh, so that was just an interesting thing to me of like, oh, he's coming from a different perspective of knowing, yes, there are Jedi who do, you know, Uh, get laid to Mm. use the technical (laughs) term that rail does that it's it's less about like oh the force is usually passed through through the bloodline to just like is this a is this a Jedi baby floating around from some Jedi who was like rail yeah yeah interesting uh
4: adding i love adding those wrinkles to the story
1: yeah love that and and phantom menace seems to inspire a lot of them it really does (laughs) you got uh (laughs) other things on your list of things that you particularly liked
4: uh i yeah i loved the the relationship of obi-wan and and qui-gon uh now phantom menace what seven eight years later i think on the timeline yeah uh so you got to play to that, right? And they are, I think, more in sync. It's in Phantom Menace uh, versus the seventeen-year-old Obi Wan, who at times is just, you know, straight up not feuding with him. But there's a, there's not a connection. There's a lot of fear. And, and, and Jodie Houser, I think, did it very well in the her Age of Republic comic about Qui Gon, where he's kind of stoic and withdrawn, but also it's a little bit of uh, fear, which is a weird, use, scary word to use for Jedi. But <laughs> but that he's not a good master obi-wan and how obi-wan's going to learn that the whole thing one of my favorite things is the the lightsaber forms the fighting forms yeah where you know i think obi-wan's kind of like you just teach me the basics over and over and over and i want to learn form six and form five and yeah and i maybe it appeals to me because i sometimes scoff at those lightsaber forms and legends um so just to see their relationship it made a lot of sense to me a lot of sense where it ends up. Where they're still feuding, and not feuding, but still squabbling a little bit in Phantom Menace. Uh, Where Qui-Gon, it's like Obi-Wan's like, oh man, you're going to fight the council again. Uh, (laughs) Fight the council again. And then this big uh, gap between them, uh, this big uh, rift when, when, you know, Qui-Gon keeps this information from Obi-Wan. That I might be added to the council, been offered a seat, which means you'll get a new master. And I'm not consulting you on that type of situation, or and 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 how Obi Wan takes that wrong. Um, I really, really love that. I could have read more. That could have been the book.
1: Yeah, Qui Gon and Obi
4: Wan discuss things. Could have yeah. been the book.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's the challenge of a uh, of a book like this. Of of what kind of adventure can the Jedi go on that fits into the time period? You know, you, you can't have some massive unheard of war. You can yeah. have a small conflict. Uh, that mm-hmm. that you can, you know, put the characters through this. Uh, yeah, that, that dynamic between them made it particularly uh, mm-hmm. even richer where Obi-Wan is at in The Phantom Menace of like, I thought we dealt with these issues between us a long time ago mm-hmm. that on one hand I'm like, show me the rest of the lightsaber forms. I'm so ready to be a Jedi. You've yep. trained me. I'm ready to move on. But also, please don't reject me. Right. And that he has to be feeling both of those things in that... Uh, in his lines in the Phantom Menace where Qui-Gon surprises him by saying, I'm going to take Anakin as my Padawan. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but what about Obi-Wan? <laughs> he's like, he's, he's ready to take the trials. And Obi-Wan's yeah. like, my feelings are really hurt, but also thank you. Yes, thank I am you. ready. And like, this plays on all of those tensions of mm-hmm. kind of growing up and attachment of you always want, you you want like your parents to believe that you are ready yeah. to face the world yourself. Yeah. Uh, but you also don't want them to go like, I'm done with you. Could you get out? It's <laughs> like Yeah. It's a very realistic look at the
4: master-apprentice and apprentice relationship, yeah. which can be very um, put up on a on a pedestal in some kind of fantasy story way. I'm the master. This is the apprentice. We get along. I love that Star Wars constantly comes back, even you know, especially on the Sith, Sith side where they're trying to kill each other, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but on the Jedi side, it, it's it's really interesting to me and how the influence and and you know, Qui Gon to Dooku to Yoda and you know Avaros gets thrown in there. Um, in the mix uh it, it, i it even makes me want the satine obi-wan qui-gon storyline even more oh yeah absolutely but what how does obi-wan be like i think i love someone
1: yeah you get the sense that he could have just discussed it with qui-gon yeah right uh yeah oh, absolutely. just straight up got advice or mm-hmm. or or he really worked to hide it you know yeah Um, did you like the conclusion that the book came to on the relationship that specifically Yoda paired Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon because Obi-Wan was a little rebellious Mm -hmm. and thought by, uh, the only way he would rebel against somebody, uh, who is a bit of a maverick like Qui-Gon is adhering to the rules a little (laughs) bit more and getting a little bit more obsessive and a a little bit more, but master, that's not what the rules say.
4: Yeah, I did like that because... It then connects, and it's a fun twist. Uh, I'm going to rebel by doing everything right. <laughs> I'm going to clean the bathroom. Take that, Qui-Gon. <laughs> uh, and how it's a valuable lesson for both of them. I'm, I'm fascinated by the relationship between Yoda and Qui-Gon, too. That, uh, you know, as as we saw in Phantom Menace, it's not a surprise, but just to unfold a little bit more, that uh, it wasn't always, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, it seems that they didn't sit down and have coffee together a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does set like the that. path for Yoda to maybe go like, "Oh, Qui Gon had some points." Isn't isn't? Am I remembering correctly that Yoda doesn't vote for him? He does not to be to Qui Gon to be on the council. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was just a great balancing of we do see Obi Wan as a character who is usually saying, "Well, just the rules, the rules. Be in the now. Don't yeah. don't question too much, but do question a little bit and mm-hmm. follow the rules." But then. Uh, all right, I'm going to kind of break this rule uh, if it seems right in the moment. So you get get the sense that he is a, a character who really does have the potential in the inspiration for both. Mm-hmm. And I also like that it, it sets up something that I've I've always kind of wanted to believe about Obi Wan's character, but I think really reinforces it: of he's kind of the ideal Jedi in that he just wants to be a really good Jedi. He, he wants to go towards the light. Yeah, he yeah. wants to go towards the light, and also like. just like within this is his whole world. This is his family. This is his school. This is his religion. Mm -hmm. And he wants to be the best at it. Yeah. You know, and how the Jedi order kind of, I don't know if it encourages that, but just like the idea that being a master is the most amazing thing that can happen to you. Mm -hmm. And just being really good, really knowledgeable, knowing all the forms, like it's really interesting to me of him just wanting to be the best Jedi in this kind of big, noble, spiritual way. Mm. And also, just like, what all badges can I earn? Yeah. Like, in a real like, <laughs> in a practical, you know, Boy Scout way. Scout boy, way yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah uh, of I just want to be the best Jedi. And sometimes that means bending the rules. And sometimes that means mm-hmm. really following the
4: rules. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we always say, you know, Obi Wan being a poster uh, a human, poster child, poster <laughs> man. Um, for being a Jedi, he, he sits on that desert planet for twenty years. I don't. I think it's not just because he wants to follow the rules. It's because it's it's towards uh, the the greater good and what he believes. But uh, but uh, it, it's it's not just sitting there waiting patiently. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, things are going on in his mind, and it's a choice he made to
1: always go towards the light. Yeah, reach that level of uh, of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also did like for Qui-Gon that one specific line that he believes ideals should match reality. Mm. That was a great way to get to, like, some of these Maverick Jedi, Grey Jedi Mm -hmm. ideas of when you look at it that way, it's not that... um, bizarre because it's there's yeah. a lot of criticism of like well maybe the jedi order shouldn't be on coruscant so close to the politics mm-hmm. and in a generally affluent area they're detached from the way the galaxy actually works right. i love that idea of like well it's one thing to have this code mm-hmm. and have these rules but the code and the rules are useless unless you can apply them to situations yeah it, that's so interesting to me yeah, in the sense that this
4: is a it, it little textbook on how the Jedi should act. As a, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah.
1: that 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 it's quite that's Qui Gon's interpretation yeah. of like, well, if you're kind of Mace Windu and you're kind of rigid and you only get sent out on missions where the answer is really clear, right? Fine, but if you're just going around the galaxy and the the you know the rule is the Jedi can't fight slavery; it will cause a war. Right. That's for the politicians. We, that's the rule right now. Right. But they're like, well, that doesn't apply to the reality where. Uh, this person was helping me and I got them sold back into slavery. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to apply our ideals, which is, you know, to defend and to not make situations worse for people right. in the moment. Because that to me is the true rule. Uh, I like it. Uh, yeah,
4: I like that then a, a lot when I when I ruminate on that because that goes back to some previous examples of my own life of just, you know, people I know. Or this is what you believe. This is what, and it, this is what you think you know, but you, you're not out there. Yeah. You know, and I think it's important to be out there and outside of these, some of those bubbles and everything in, in in my life, uh, particularly I've learned hitting a, coming from a small town to a big town and, and having everything, you know, not questioned, but challenged. And how do you, how do you apply what you believe to, to real world situations and, 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 and do it for, I always try to do it for for the, for the good of all, you know, um, that, example of Mace sitting high up above and probably hasn't done that for a long time. Now, he did at one point. He yeah. had a everything. And I love Mace because Mace sees a lot of things coming and everybody's yep. gruff. And he has that, he has, it's like you have the ability to be gruff because you're not, you can make a sweeping decision, but I'm the one down here on Pajal.
1: Yeah, doing this. I'm yeah. the
4: one and I see the effects up front. I, I really do like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go to like a, a strong memory I have in my own life of uh, in college, uh, one of my, one of the parts of my weird major that I put together was a uh, cultural studies and comparative literature. Mm-hmm. And the, the department didn't exist for that long. But the point of it was, we're not, we're going to read literature and we're going to talk about the ideas, but we absolutely must apply them to something. Right. So like I took a comedy class where like, let's talk about various theories of comedy and then let's watch this Saturday Night Live sketch and say, mm-hmm. how does it actually play out right. to test if the theory is not just like, that sounds great when you're reading a book. Yeah. But that it has real world implications. Like I had a teacher who uh, went on a long speech about some very Freudian philosophy about, you know, attachment being mostly just this sort of animal thing that doesn't Mm. have anything to do with higher function. And I remember asking him, like, you talked about your daughter earlier in the class. Like, Mm. how does your firm belief in this uh, change how you interact with your own loved ones? (laughs) He was like, never thought of it. And I was like, well then what the hell's the class was cancelled. <laughs> and he seemed surprised I asked. And I think for me that was like one of like my kind of learning moments that I'd like that any of like yeah. it, an idea is lovely but it only has value if actually applied to a situation.
4: I totally agree. Do you think all of this just proves what Dexter Jetster was saying about <laughs> the Jedi? <laughs> should know the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Yes,
1: yes. Dexter, hashtag Dexter <laughs> was right is what I'm saying. Uh, last, last things, uh, two little things in my th- list yeah. of stuff I liked. Uh, just the big expansion of the Jedi's, lives their physical space i love yeah. how much we saw the temple mm-hmm. how big it was i love that we heard there were jedi gardeners yep that there were jedi seekers who is their job to go out and you know find the other jedi
4: jedi like, recruiters <laughs> jedi recruiters yeah it's, it's like would awesome you,
1: hello baby would you yeah. be interested in a life of floating rocks yes um and just everything the way that obi-wan uh like a little bit of sort of realistic, a little bit of Harry Potter vibe, but in the star Wars world of mm. the, the Kreshas and the creche mates, the, the level between younglings and yeah, Padawans and that Obi-Wan like that. They would all want to get together once they're Padawans and say, what is your master having you do? <laughs> and the idea that Qui-Gon is making Obi-Wan do a bunch of boring homework and <laughs> other people are like, my master is really interested in volcanoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We we talked uh, way back in the day on the
4: uh, I think the Star Wars rank talking about the reasons to rewatch the prequels and attack the clones. And you and I are both kind of obsessed with this. Again, going to Dexter Diner, You want to know why I I personally like it so much? Is wh- where's the Jedi gonna get his cup of Java juice? Yeah. And, and how it's functional, and, and, and I love original trilogy. That, you know it's Jedi are gone, but when we get Luke, he's not having hot chocolate yet. Um, <laughs> he's he's in the middle of something. So I love if if these worlds are real. I love that the, we get to see the day to day to day uh, uh, working Jedi order. Yeah, in a time of quote unquote peace, the Seekers is really interesting to me because it makes sense. The most I know about uh, how you find a, a young uh, potential Jedi. We got Qui-Gon running into Anakin. We got Plo Koon. I got the vision of him finding, recruiting Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yeah. But how does that happen? Yeah. And the fact that you could take this assignment. Maybe you have a skill. Maybe you're attuned to... Here in the vibrations of the galaxy, nowhere to go, or maybe just go village to village, going. Anyone lift this rock? Join up. I I would love to see a little comic series on the recruiter. You know? Yeah, me, uh, really interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, stuff. I would love so much more of this, and to see all these Jedi jobs. You know, to mm-hmm. really know the Jedi the temple Jedi guards, jobs. like you know, and it's is it is there. You know, yeah. a, a, a Jedi climate specialist. Yeah. You know, who just goes and like, I uh, hey, your continent's gonna fall apart. I'll hold it together with the force. Yeah. <laughs> well, you leave, I'm real good at specifically that.
4: The Temple Guard is a great is a, is a great example, and as is Chakosta New. yeah, uh, who, who, Jedi librarian. Who, Ge- yeah. You know, running the archives there. Like, it's that we always joke, but like, all right, hey, the Resistance needs a. They need Poe Dameron and mm-hmm. Snap Wexley. They also need you know, Voberdan and Gus Gustour's, yeah. Gustour's to, to refuel the ships. Yeah. And that's part of it. And, and, and it's a fully functional Jedi order we get to see.
1: Yeah. So I, yeah. Loved that so much, so much. Uh, yeah. I also, I also loved Obi-Wan, you know, it might be someone two on the nose for some people, but I loved him making the connection to the Varactyl. And oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, I, I'm a young kid. I want to go fast. I thought ships were cool, but this organic flowing connection to a creature is amazing. Yeah. And then the learning to hate flying. Learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, learn. Yeah,
4: that, that stuff, when handled wrong, could be really. Well, well I wasn't here. I wasn't yeah. here at all.
1: What yeah. else you got in your list of uh, things you liked?
4: Uh, things I liked. Uh, I will say, uh, the, we're going to talk about it more. I really love diving into the prophecy stuff. Uh, I am fascinated by that and the specific prophecies. We got some of those written down. We might discuss um, and how some of them just seem so cut and dry. But if you dig into, you know, you could throw in some old Republic stuff or even some legends material, it might not. But um, and I and I loved it made sense to me that we get uh, again, we'll talk about probably more specifically in a second, but that there's a there's a indicator prophecy that kind of makes Obi-Wan kick in and go, oh, so yeah, we're, we're in the time of prophecy now. So it adds to me, added more weight to Anakin and Anakin showing up yeah, and him having that conversation with me,
1: Yeah, that Qui-Gon is kind of aware of it. And maybe yeah. maybe some people in the Jedi uh, Council are thinking about it a little bit more. Yeah. yeah,
4: uh, I like that there.
1: Yeah. Um, anything that you didn't like specifically or questioned that we haven't talked about? Uh,
4: no, no. <laughs> yeah, we're always so... Yeah, I don't know. I always feel... <laughs> I, always feel I don't I. I... The main story, which is a fascinating story of, of fanry and, and uh, corporations getting involved in, in things that maybe they shouldn't or they're too far, the people that allow them, and, and the question, big questions asked of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Really, to me, I, I joke, but it does feel like a warm-up for the Phantom Menace. And then maybe, you know, that's why Qui-Gon was so keen to help or, you know, pulled into it by the Force or maybe meant or, to go yeah, there.
1: just aware wear yeah. that... that- very quickly there could be something else going on here
4: yeah uh, yeah yeah absolutely um uh fascinated by that but the, the 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 interpersonal scenes and connections and conversations with Qui-Gon Obi-Wan and the stuff back with Dooku just overshadowed that for yeah. me to where I'm slightly and I finished the book two weeks ago having to recall more of that because I just yeah. was, I was doing and we talked about it for I was doing the Yep, 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 yep. Give me back to Dooku, which <laughs> is not Claudia Gray's fault. That's my fault. Yeah, it's my fault. Uh, when you're reading a chapter every couple of nights or something based on your schedule, um, uh, and the reason is I you talked about it when you write in quote peacetime in Star Wars, you can't suddenly have uh, a war no one knew about. So it always kind of comes down to smugglers, or pirates. Corporations, weird things like that, which is not bad. Yeah. I just, I, it felt so familiar to me. I wasn't paying attention to it as much as I should have.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
1: If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and that's and not her fault. Yeah, and and it is just, I think, the push-pull of Star Wars writing where you have things like Lost Stars, which are, for the most part, brand new characters mm-hmm. and no major characters known from right. the movies to distract you, and we're going to have, like, Alphabet Squadron, which is mm-hmm. mostly, but then you have books like Aftermath, which is that push-pull of, like, great, I'm enjoying Snap's story. Uh, Han Solo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, we're just naturally going to gravitate towards the characters that we have huge relationships with. Yes. Yes. And I think a lot of times
4: in in Legends, you were rewarded for that love. Yeah. Of, you're gonna get all the main characters you love. Yeah. And I don't know, and I'm not always interested in that. I'm interested in the corners and the wrinkles, but yeah. I was so
1: interested <laughs> in Dooku and all this kind of stuff. Agreed. Uh, my only thing that I'm gonna throw out there that I was a little unsure about was uh, I felt like the Jedi were a little underpowered. I that mm-hmm. bugs me a little bit. Sometimes there was that couple mm-hmm. scenes where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon were just totally pinned down by blaster fire and, and they were mm-hmm. stymied by those shields. Yeah. Uh, and all that worked out and was mm-hmm. interesting plot wise. But uh, to me, I, I wanted to understand like, uh, I, why can't one of you kind of cover the other with blaster fire? while the other one like knocks a tree out down <laughs> on them or just like there's, uh, it happens in all sorts of star Wars storytelling yeah. of, uh, just sometimes for for narrative convenience, a Jedi is pinned down in a way where I feel like isn't there five other creative things they could do? Like it's it happened on. I know there were a couple beats in Rebels of just like, yes, the whole crew fighting a mm-hmm. Trandoshan on a trash ship of like, well, effing push him <laughs> with the Force, like. Uh, and I normally mm-hmm. don't get too hung up about that, but there was so much about like, ooh, we can't get past their shields, and then they yeah. even say some things of like, well, Jedi are. It's not, Jedi aren't just their lightsabers, and I I did want to see them do little more.
4: Yeah. 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 I, from it goes to the, uh, Phantom Menace moment of they use a Jedi run at one point early on, and then Obi-Wan can't use it to go save Qui-Gon. And that was one of those things that ate at me too much back in the day. Yeah. And now you just kind of realize, L- let that go. Let it go. But I let know what go. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just, uh, not that's for
1: plot, but just, yeah. yeah,
4: the Jedi powers are mysterious.
1: Yeah. A minor criticism, uh, and a, a idiosyncratic one to yeah. me. Uh, all right, let's talk about a few of the sort of major additions to canon. Good One
0: canon of them, stuff.
1: Good canon stuff. One of them we've touched on, but let's go. Let's go all in. We learned that Qui Gon had some kind of romance on Felucia, <laughs> and this. was given a Mustafar fire diamond love by this. his maybe love. Yeah. What did, what what all did that do to you? Made me really again. This is a broken
4: record. Really excited to hear a little bit more. What happens when Obi Wan meets Satine?
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, right? Because is Qui Gon just like, yep, happened to me too. It happens to a lot of us at a certain yeah. age where we're faced to. with the choice,
4: and you got to decide. And and we know, we know that Obi Wan says, I, I would, you know, Satine, if you if you would have asked me, I would have left. Mm-hmm. And does does you know? I'm sure Qui Gon kind of. Especially with, especially with, what Qui Gon knows now of you know, visions. Not that he, you know Obi Wan had a vision that you were gonna leave, but like you got you got to make that choice. You got to make that choice, and and it might might have been ingrained Obi Wan to go towards the light. And does he leave it up to Satine because it's the Force and that oh that knowing that Qui Gon would have had that experience?
1: Yeah, it can't help but get me excited
4: for a story that doesn't exist right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so great what you said about about the being born into a Jedi. Like, here, here's the choice, because if Qui-Gon was like, oh, yeah, no, Felicia, I'm I'm staying here with this lady, right? that wouldn't have been going to the dark side. It would have just been walking away from the light mm-hmm. of being a Jedi mm-hmm. and decided that he wants this, is kind of exhausted by it as he gets, that he, yeah. this is what he wants to be doing. He wants to be helping people and contributing to the power of the light in the galaxy.
4: Are you under the impression that the... Lost 20, of which Dooku is part of, are the only 20
1: that have left? Yeah. Um, well, I think they're the lost 20 Jedi. Right. So I think if you're to mm. assume, you know, again, we've bo- it's both been a little while since we read the book. I got the sense that Qui-Gon was a Padawan at best. Yes. When this when happened. happened. Good uh, point. Good point. So maybe, uh, I, I think maybe they probably lose a, lot of, a, lot, a of, lot of Padawans, a lot of younglings. A
4: lot of trainees don't want to last their boot camp because but, yeah, yeah, they, they meet don't somebody. or yeah. can't. You can't, know,
1: yeah. So I'd take the Lost 20 as, like, that was a, mm-hmm. je- a fully-fledged Jedi Knight or Jedi Master.
4: And I also want, like, a five-part comic series on, like, the Jedi who's, like, in his fifth year of senior uh, class studies. Yeah. Like you just can't—I can't keep passing—I <laughs> can't pass the trials, I man. can't
1: pass the trials. I'm the oldest yeah.
4: Padawan around.
1: I also love that picture of the one that—the uh, Jedi that Qui-Gon was replacing him, just like, I'm too old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that happens. Yeah, I got to stand down. I got to stand down. No, I love that. I loved
4: that. I love that. Yeah. No, it's really interesting to me. There, I mean, there's a lot of little uh, fun canon nons, as always. Uh, deep, deep cuts into Legends that I will I would miss because yeah. I didn't dive into Legends. But uh, I think that's one of the bigger ones for me.
1: Yeah, that that was great. Uh, mm-hmm. There's the mention of uh, early on a uh, Katanak, which is the uh, species of Droopy McCool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Insane stuff. Um hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. I just love the romance for what it means between for Qui Gon's personal choices and for his relationship with Obi Wan. Yeah. Uh, so one major thing you, you we were going to say. No, something? no, go,
4: go ahead. I'll follow up. It, it was more of a question of maybe I misunderstood something in other materials. That, no, no, go for it. Uh, Duku, Duku, yeah. and even again, we we're, we at this point of this recording have not listened to Jedi Lost. Um, I don't know where I got it from, but I always just assumed Duku was still kind of around. In the Jedi Order around the time Phantom Medicine left after.
1: It's been, I think he's supposed to have left right around the time. Right. And this he's already gone. So that that yeah, so it maybe was kind of uh, hand wavy stuff. Right. That that we all kind of heard a line from the movie and made it that in our minds.
4: Yeah, and I'm trying to remember some or Clone maybe, War
1: stuff. Clone War stuff.
4: And I don't was, take it as an air or or I just think, okay, it's clarification but that i i was stuck on that for a little bit i was doing the math i was right. doing the finger counting well wait a minute did did the 10 years yeah
1: so this is a solidifying new canon like, cuz maybe there's something concrete back in a comic book from you know right. legends days right. so yeah i i do like knowing that okay he left a while ago
4: yeah yeah despite us competing in trivia contests we don't always remember those <laughs> little details <laughs> no. and yeah. so i had a I had, I had kind of like a huh moment of oh, i thought he was i thought okay Fair enough. (laughs) Right. It
1: changed. It it, uh, solidified a lot of canon stuff for Dooku. Yeah. Because I took heavy implications that he is. This is, yeah, eight years before the Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. And years before Maul dies and Sidious has an opening for a Sith apprentice. But he's already poking around the dark side on his own.
4: Yes, he is. Yes, I, I, I think even as yeah. Are you also meaning like as a Jedi? Yeah. So yeah, there was the Jedi, there
1: right? was the like all the like he's been gone for I think it was like five years. Yeah. Again, we read this web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> So, the, but the the conversations he has with uh w- when Rael mm-hmm. contacts him. Oh yeah. Has some crazy. like oh man you you're you're, oh, you're already up to your your dirty business. But yeah. then there's that flashback where Qui Gon is in danger. So mm-hmm. we're and he's a Padawan. Yeah. And it to me, it's heavily implied that as a Jedi, Dooku is using Force Lightning, right? Um, so that was just really interesting to me to make Dooku's story his own. Mm-hmm. Of maybe Sidious was somehow whispering to him, you know, through visions or whatever, but that he is not just a pawn of Sidious, he was already intrigued by all of what the dark side meant.
4: It's that's fascinating. We could have uh. And we are going to take a look at a Jedi lo- Lost later on, but uh, that's really fascinating to me because it goes back to Attack of the Clones and that, and that scene I, I love and we all love about him and Obi Wan and what was his, what was the truth Duke was telling and I, I still go to the side of I believe he would have willingly destroyed the Sith because he just he's here for power not for the winning team he's here yeah. for himself and so it would it does make sense if he was already there already kind of get into it and Palpatine comes along and Duke just kind of like all right, maybe I'll pick up some more skills from you and we'll work together, uh, believe what your plan is, but also maybe i destroy you too. <laughs> yeah. And Asajj Asaj Ventress and all those kind of things, even though Palpatine was aware of that, uh, adds wonderful layers to Dooku.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like I want to have power, I want to have control, the Jedi illusion of, of being able to be like, we're peacekeepers with this great force of light, but also we're very passive and don't want to do anything. You can mm-hmm. see how somebody might grow to resent that. Yeah, We're like, well, what's this power if we don't use it, and why can't we know anything about the dark side? And uh, right. you know, in Star Wars storytelling, I think the dark side is bad, so it's yeah. a slippery slope. But you can see, right. start to see, like, why would he? Start to play with that.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's why I was, I don't think Duke wanted to destroy the Sith for the sake of the good. He just, yeah, power. He wanted They want unlimited power. Unlimited that's what they power. Want.
1: Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah. Um, one of the other major canon things for me kind of ties into what we're talking mm-hmm. about here is I liked the great clarification that the Jedi don't want power. Mm-hmm. Seeking power to, to them is a negative. Right. So they just kind of want to go along with their public. Because mm-hmm. to defy the Republic would be, in a large scale thing, would be to be at war with with the, with the Republic,
4: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. which starts to really help with clone, the Clone Wars stuff clone too. Of why, why do they go along with it? Well, like I guess we could just peace out and just yeah. not do anything. But I am a Jedi. I, I, I
4: can't yeah. fight a war for you. Yeah, God says in Phantomous. Yeah. Uh, that's still one of the more fascinating discussions. It's worth a reread. That section that you're describing and how it plays into some of the other comics and, and um, uh, uh, De, La- De Palaba, I can always say it wrong. Yeah. Kanan's master. <laughs> uh, you know, she had strong beliefs about it. we shouldn't be generals and all the other things comes up and uh it's an interesting state of the galaxy conversation yeah. that we find in Attack the Clones. Uh
1: How does that make you feel about the Jedi as heroes? If... Mm -hmm. You know, take the Clone Wars, uh, you know, big question out of it, but take Mm -hmm. just a small thing of, for whatever reason, the Republic says, we are not bringing needed food rations to this planet because we're in a conflict with them, Mm -hmm. but the people there are going to die without food. So then the Jedi say, like, can we use our power to go save those people Mm -hmm. or would we be putting ourselves in conflict with the Republic? You know, like, how does that make you feel about them as heroes? My mind, as you're talking, my mind
4: goes outside of the story. You're asking a very in-story question, which I love. It goes outside of the... I immediately look to George in his flannel, making <laughs> you say, question these institutions. Yeah. It doesn't mean to me that the Jedi are bad. doesn't mean that... that but it's a, going to what you are talking, some stuff earlier, about applying in ideals versus reality, and we challenged, and clearly Qui-Gon... It makes some choices. Uh, it, it doesn't, to me, make them not heroes, but it it it's deliciously complicated now. Yeah, um, and i I, th- I still think the decision to be generals in, in in an army wasn't the best, right? Right. So they were already maybe crumbling. I don't know if the Jedi five hundred years. That's what I want to know. Would the Jedi five hundred year, thousand years before, would they have taken the supplies?
1: Yeah. Saying, yeah.
4: We are here to keep the peace Yeah, everybody's peace.
1: I love it, it being a story of it's a it's a noble goal, but it is not always going to be uh, practical to apply to to real-life situations, to go, right. we don't want power, so we're not going to rule the galaxy. And they even talk about it in Revenge of the Sith, of like, this would mean overthrowing Palpatine would mean us having to take control of the government right. for a little while, which is a big not deal good. to us. Yeah. So I like that as a story of, uh, you know, how, how a noble institution with a noble goal could still fail fail yeah and it makes me really interested i think it'll only be touched on lightly in episode nine the actual movie but it makes me so interested in ray going forward of ray being Mm. a character who's like i have this power and i'm going to use it to help people and i'm not going to be bogged down by any of these sort of ideas of the past
4: absolutely and i I think that's part of uh, luke's dna at the end his thought process jedi must, must die he's in a down and out depressed state over it And it seems to me that maybe Yoda's learned a little different things over his comments on the books.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A lot of juicy canon stuff, but a good just kind of answer for exactly how the Jedi perceive their place in... Uh, mm-hmm. Relationship with the Republic. Should we talk about prophecies? Yeah, let's dive on into the
4: prophecies.
1: Okay. Do you want to? What, what do you want to do? Do you want? I, do you want to say what we think they are?
4: I, yeah, we <laughs> have fun with them. I, I I think for those reading, um, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I went to our friend Alex Star Wars Explained, and and he had a nice video up, and I wrote some of the five that he has five. That he talks about doesn't talk about the Chosen One. You counted about eight I'm yeah. correctly. There's a yeah. lot in there because it's it's part of it. and It's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Because who doesn't like hearing something and go, ooh! ooh I know ooh. what that means. Wait, what does that mean? So we got five of them here. Uh, I've got redone. You've got about eight, right? Yeah, so, yeah. All right. all
1: right, let's dive in. Okay, so the the first one that I grabbed is the yeah. "She will be born to darkness, yeah. will give birth to darkness," which mm-hmm. is another one where I stopped reading and had to tell my wife about it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and it's written in old Alderanian. Oh yeah. So that obviously jumps to left. Yeah, but I didn't go there first. Oh,
1: where did you go? Because I'm slightly dumb. Okay, uh, I went to. Sh- I actually went to Shmi. Now, well, it could apply. We don't know where Shmi's that's great. Who are Shmi's parents? Is it Han and Leia?
4: Parents. Uh, It's world between worlds. Uh, Her mother's mother's actually Ray. Oh wow. Uh, Oh no. Uh, The circle is that's
1: going to be a theory somewhere, right? Literally. Yeah, but
4: I mean, to me, that's Leia. Yeah, that is.
1: I, I think I think Claudia Gray did a marvelous dance with these of some being like, this is utterly ambiguous, or maybe this is talking about a future thing too. This was just such a gift to be like, I know that one. I know that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Checkpoint.
1: Uh, yeah. And also, mm-hmm. it's such, with the whole wrestling that the book is doing, With well, what do you do with a prophecy? It's like, this is just yeah. stating that Leia exists. Well, mm-hmm. what are you supposed to do with that? Do with Leia's it. awesome. Yeah. She's contributed to light in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. But she comes from darkness, and she gives birth to darkness. Yeah. So... Uh, good one old jedi prophets mm-hmm. but so what right so what <laughs> well
4: it's like also look hey george and the chosen one lucas is like yeah it's anakin he went through he did horrible things to get to the point yeah i'm sure we don't want all those people to die <laughs> but it was part of the journey and you couldn't stop that i guess yeah.
1: yeah yeah uh you have other thoughts on this
4: one uh no pretty cut and dry and great
1: because yeah. claudia gray is so associated with writing for leia for leia yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so great mm-hmm. uh When the kyber that is not kyber shines forth, the time of prophecy will be at hand. Now, this one was just argued to be like, that's what the prophecy that this book was about. Yeah. Right. Did you take anything more from that? No, I took it. This is about the kola
4: crystals. and, and, And it's also one of the, I chuckled a little bit at it. Yeah. Uh, about uh, when the Kyber that is not Kyber, like, eh, it's pretty kind of wonderfully silly in its own way. But this is what I have talking about by the Qui Gon's. I call it the, uh, you know, in, in baseball when you get a sign from your coach, there's an indicator, meaning once he hits that, look for this. And this is now <laughs> the prophecy. That uh, Qui got gotten his brain, so now he's probably going around the galaxy looking.
1: Yeah, <laughs> looking for the Kyber that is not Kyber to make sure that was the one. Yeah. yeah, and then
4: maybe he forgets about it. Then he's on Tatooine, and suddenly Anakin's before him.
1: Yeah, and this one drives home too that uh, that idea of like, well, did this? Did this art? These were made a long time ago. So did this already happen, or is it about the future, or is it about the present, or is it about something that's going to happen more than once? I think you could find examples where, especially in Legends, which we can't necessarily always pull in, but yeah, yeah,
4: that that some of the stuff is already there and history might just be repeating.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, The next one is, one will ascend to the highest of the Jedi despite the foreboding of those who would serve with him. Yeah. Yeah, so does this one feel cut and dried to you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a a theory?
4: Well, it could could, could be Qui-Gon. Uh, you know, if, if he's going to go to the council uh, and some people don't aren't really happy serving with him, I okay, I don't think it's just that.
1: Okay, uh, where did you go with it? I took this as is uh Anakin being appointed to the Jedi Council. Ah, i to listen to the highest of the oh, Jedi, despite yeah. the rewarding of those who so this is basically, serve with him.
4: This is basically just the mace prophecy, this yeah, is- I think so. Yeah, this <laughs> is the
1: asterisk uh, to the chosen one prophecy, uh, but again, yeah. that's like. Uh, Ray restarts the Jedi, and mm-hmm. two thousand years from now, it could apply. Which is what I love about those prophecies, right? You can you can
4: do with them what you like, and and go to your other point of yeah, so
1: yeah, <laughs> so so uh, yeah, and some of them are that like okay, they have an amount of specificity that makes you yeah. go all, all right, I should take this seriously, and some of them are like, did you yeah. get that out of deep meditation or did that? Did the kyber that is not kyber just sound good today? Yeah, look,
4: Anakin sits down for his, uh, you know, uh, first session uh, in the Mm -hmm. council after Palpatine uh, appoints him. And Mace puts a lightsaber, a purple lightsaber through his chest and goes, hey, hey, this is the send to the highest uh, foreboding prophecy. That's why I killed him. Ah, Mace, don't do that. Right,
1: (laughs) right. And then balance will never be brought to the force, maybe. Uh, Only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the order cleanse the sin done to the nameless yeah I oh,
4: I I think this is uh clearly post the fall all yeah. stuff I still I I wonder if it ties even to uh what's going on now mm, really maybe yeah in what way it just that uh part of what going to a little bit of what Luke's saying but a little bit more about what uh Rays might do, and I don't even know if she's going to do it in nine. I don't think she's going to have a team of little Jedi she's mm. training. I, I, you know, like, there, I love this idea of of uh, the theories of the reformed, the reimagined Jedi Order. And I don't necessarily think it's going to specifically happen, in yeah, nine. but I don't know, it just makes me think that. I don't think, yeah. like, that's what she intended,
1: Claudia, as a writer. But interesting,
4: I like the idea that the you know,
1: yeah, yeah, a lot of deaths to get there, I guess. Yeah, this one just made me think about the, the clones uh, if the mm. clones can be the nameless, yeah, since they aren't they are, you know, yeah, yeah, and I think there's something about Rich about this one of the nameless um if if you do interpret it to be about the clones, kind of uh, invoking that they're assigned numbers mm-hmm. and then they do give themselves, you know, names, right. and they have this humanity, and the Jedi are certainly sensitive to it because they can right. feel it in the force, but also they are accepting that all of these people were just bred for war. Mm-hmm. talk about being literally born into something. Uh, you were you were born into war in that that relationship between that sin of sort of not respecting their humanity fully which yeah which was which literally gets them shot.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, by the
1: by the nameless. By the nameless. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm sure they're massive I haven't read all the think pieces. I'm sure yeah, there's no, other no, interpretations it, it, of that. You one. Know,
4: and I always look at it, you know, one of the ones who didn't was Anakin because he actually was one of the ones that treated them right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> That's sort of a certain point of view. But, oh hey, yeah, yeah. You know? he,
1: yeah, he survived because he, survived. he loved them. <laughs> Weird. Uh all right. This is a juicy one. The <laughs> danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. I mean,
4: yeah, yeah. I, I think Vader's meditation chamber is it? No, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: egg cracks. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, it does threaten the entire galaxy. It does when his meditation chamber opens. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, 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 do you think this is anything Sith in general?
4: Some yeah. specific?
1: I, I think the timing of this coming out right before that episode nine uh, teaser of Palpatine is back mm. it was it was rich and evocative. Yeah. And, and you know, the Death Star is not literally an egg, but maybe there's some holocron. that pal- <laughs> It seems <laughs> Love very <that>. Palpatine because <laughs> the past is not the past. Uh, the past is now... I, I don't know. The danger of the past is not the past just is so evocative of the story of the sequel trilogy. Totally. Of, oh, yeah, The totally. Empire yeah. is not... Gone and what the Empire stands for and what the Sith stand for will never fully be gone. you have to fight it again.
4: Yeah, 9 we're here, we're here now, thanks to Vanity Fair, this is the end of that Sith Jedi battle, right? Yeah, Yeah,
1: no, definitely, I think
4: in general, to me, I I, I look at the Sith, but it's interesting that Death Star 2 egg cracks. Yeah. Uh, That's, uh, now I just picture Easter eggs uh, painted like Death Stars.
1: Yeah, but man, it's going to be great if there's some, if if his spirit is contained in some (coughs) little, uh, some sort of Sith artifact that looks like an egg. (laughs) I mean, uh, it can't look too much like an egg because I don't want it to be like, correct, (laughs) but, Palpatine returns brat brat, have a chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's that's no good. You can't have that. <laughs> like Mark McKinney's chicken character, <laughs> chicken lady. Chicken lady. Yeah. Uh, mm. they threaten the galaxy entire. <laughs> uh when the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. Say that one again. Wait, wait, say yeah, yeah. When the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. Man. Yeah, uh, right. Um,
4: how much do you think I'm, I'm spitballing? How much do you think that has to do with uh, Kylo and, and Ray?
1: That's, a, that's what it evokes to me yeah. because, you know, it's the, you know, in the title itself, the force awakens and there's so much talk in, mm-hmm. in force awakens, and the last Jedi about this idea of like forces, you know, powerful light, powerful dark. I knew someone would rise to meet your darkness. Yeah. I assume it would be Skywalker, but no, it's this, it's this girl, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, they're 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 being both intimately connected and having such similar journeys, and also being so diametrically opposed mm-hmm. in so many different ways does evoke split and combine. It's very hard to read this one literally,
4: yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. It's
1: very evocative of, of Ray and Kylo's dynamics.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You could say, uh, you know, Anakin Vader split into two and combine back into one at the end, or but I,
1: I think Vader's finally mm. destroyed in the end. I don't know, but but. Yeah. Oh yeah, this could. This definitely could be. Yeah, when the force itself sickens, if you mm. consider, you know, domination of the dark side sickening, right? Anakin and Vader. Yeah, yeah, you must could split and then come back together. Yeah, you could look smaller, but you can also, yeah, looking bigger. Yeah Big picture I, I don't know Immediately just I'm
4: thinking of Ray and Kylo Fighting on top of uh, Death Star 2 wreckage Or what we think that is Yeah uh, But also That's not the final part Of the story to me You know
1: so, Yeah I love the idea Of when the force itself sickens Because I do like yeah. this idea when, when everybody's like Let's listen to the will of the force That the force isn't just Sort of like <laughs> I don't know Go do, Like that the force Does have like A
4: broke Yeah I'm broke. Wants
1: to be used It wants to be alive It, it needs to be needed <laughs> Yeah Force wants you to want it <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Uh, okay so this is the actual chosen one, one okay. which was which is right. you know different than what was said in the movie more complete
4: mm-hmm.
1: a chosen one shall come born of no father and through him will ultimate balance in the force be restored mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did this strike you to hear kind of the full prophecy? <laughs> it struck me as George Lucas
4: going, "Man, that's what I'm in." Um, <laughs> part of the fun for me in the Chosen One prophecy is that it can can live on. I love that Obi Wan, to our best of our knowledge, and I know you've done a lot of studying on Obi Wan. What we want, Joseph, believes it's Luke. You know, that it believes it, it to me, and, and but it didn't. Maybe at one point it didn't, and maybe it changed his opinion. I, it's fascinating with that stuff, but. Sometimes it's boring to me that George has really come out and said, no, 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 it's Anakin, which, by the <laughs> way, makes 100% sense. Yeah. This prophecy, what you just read, that's the the pitch for the six stories of the original uh, right. Star Wars movies. Um, or, or the first six. So Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's etiquette. but I just, uh, so that was my first thought upon reading it. if like, all right, all right, George, I guess you're right. Yeah. I the, just love it. I just love having fun with the continu- chosen one can continuing, can, can be debated. Yeah,
1: absolutely. On. Because everything that Anakin does in his final moments, if if that is the past and future must split and combine. Yeah. Uh, he, he couldn't do it without Luke. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, chosen ones, plural. Um. Chicken egg, right? Yeah, exactly. But that, when that egg cracks... <laughs> it will threaten the galaxy entire. entire. Uh, the born of no father is so great because in a prophecy, it sounds like it should be. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's the famous Macbeth of, you know, no man of right. woman born. Like, it was a C-section. Yeah. You know, it seems like it's going to be something like that. Yeah. And then Qui-Gon encountered like, no, literally no dad. For Qui-Gon, that must be like, damn, that's on the nose as <laughs> yes. prophecies go. And there again goes to, see, <clears throat>
4: um, in my head, and I, look, and I, I think Anakin's the chosen one. All right? Don't at me. But, like, well, you know, Anakin was gone by the time Padme uh, gave birth. He was, uh, he was Vader.
1: That's, that's he the was thing. Vader. It's like if Obi-Wan wants to see things, he, oh, I believe Obi-Wan wants to and truly believes Anakin is gone. Yeah. So he can yeah. come to believe... Luke had no father. Anakin is dead yeah, when it, he was born.
4: Go into, you know, Sun, Ice, and Fire, Game of Thrones prophecies, which gets so, so just convoluted, but, you know, well, he was born under a red star, but, oh, there's a red star on that sword that was placed in front of the bed, like, and I <laughs> love it. I yeah. love it, because it all makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, here is the final one. Mm. He who learns to conquer death will, through his greatest student, live again. Mm. 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 What do you think of this one? I thought uh, there's different ways to go, but I'm going to choose. I'm going
4: to go towards the light. I think, uh, in a in a weird way, this is Qui Gon a message to himself. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily think Qui Gon's out to conquer death. That's a very Sith thing, obviously. Yeah. So I think there's some Palpatine, Plagueis, any of those kind of fun dark things. But I think, in a weird way, maybe uh, Qui Gon's looking at his future here.
1: Yeah. That he will uh, commune with Obi-Wan, yeah. and that is a, a part of his journey towards becoming a, a full force spirit. Yeah. Able to, to totally manifest and interact with the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's I me mean like being that. very positive. I like that. I want this to be about Qui-Gon. He, yeah. After all this work, he deserves a prophecy yeah. about him. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, uh, you know, I think that the, the only Sith stuff that it makes me think of is stuff that I don't, Mm-hmm. You start getting into plagueis, and I just don't think yeah. plagueis has any no. any role to play in uh, in episode nine. So I like it being about Qui Gon yeah. and uh, and Obi Wan being his greatest student,
4: greatest student, which yeah.
1: is part of the lesson of, uh, of their story right yeah. now. And, yeah, and Cam- of master and apprentice. Yeah, yeah. as
4: far as Palpatine, even if you you know going to jumping episode nine who's his greatest student then? Is, yeah. is it Ray? Is it Kylo? Is, is it, it Anakin? The, uh, Anakin, a yeah. Borg? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, quite gon Richard if, E. Grant. What if you're looking through a book of, uh, you know, prophecies of the end of the world, Nostradamus, and it's like, he who shall move to Burbank and podcast. Like, oh, that's me. Uh, it's kind of fun for Qui Gon. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Born of no porg. I don't know what that means. I don't know. uh, who knows? I don't who knows? Know. Uh, yeah, but those are my thoughts on the prophecies and uh, in the book in general.
4: Uh, yeah. Overall, like we said, this is a, this is another big win. Uh, I think uh, Claudia Gray is the best working Star Wars author today, and that's saying something because there's a lot of great stories out there that you know we love here at Force Center. But she, uh, Joseph, just has this special handle on the deeper themes.
1: Yeah, I think she really uh, dives deep. She does great world building, so it feels like Star Wars. So all those little details of different and new planets feel uh, fresh and authentic at the same time, and it's just a master of prose, so you your eyes just sweep across the page looking for the, the next part of the adventure.
4: Absolutely. That is our look at Master and Apprentice. And don't forget, if you want to try out an audiobook version of this fine story, you can do so on us by going to audibletrial.com force center. It's a free audiobook just for you. Give, yeah. it, give Master and Apprentice a try.
1: Yeah. Find out how to pronounce rail because <laughs> we don't know.
2: <laughs>
4: That's so true. That's so true. I don't, I don't, I just don't listen to the audiobooks. So I just don't I have, don't. I don't travel for long distances anymore. I'm not in traffic, God, fortunately, uh, uh, from a certain point of view. Um, so I don't, have time for those as much as I'd like. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Hard when your commute is from your bedroom to your living room. yeah. Uh, that is it uh, you know uh, where to find us all but we'll remind you you can go to our Twitter force center pod use hashtag force center join the conversation like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram we have the YouTube channel our new hope commentary is up there and Joseph that was made possible by our patrons at Patreon
1: that is right if you want to help us keep going and growing uh, you can be a part of our prophecy of the future of force center by going to patreon.com slash force center
4: absolutely we got our own stuff going on. I know uh, currently, uh, as the time of this recording, you're preparing for a live show. Yeah. Joseph, so if people want to find out about that one or ones to come, they can go to your website.
1: Yeah, you can go to my website, josephsgrimshaw.com, and I also uh, tweet and post about him on Twitter and Instagram. My handle there is at Scrimshaw.
4: You can follow me at cadnapsack. Go to Cadnapsuck.com for information on all the things like uh, my book, uh, my other shows, and uh, including the Game of Thrones ones where I get the prophecies all wrong. <laughs> so that is it for now. Thank you all for listening to the Four Center Review of Master and